0: do you keep holding on to hope when challenges or illnesses last a really long time? Not just days, not just weeks, but months and years. It's at those times that it's easy to get discouraged and give up hope. And as this is a podcast all about hope, we're going to tackle this challenging question today. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tamara's Takeaways on the Stories of Hope and Hard Times podcast. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson, and today we're going to talk about how to manage and tips and ideas to help us when we're discouraged, when illnesses or challenges last a long time. <laughs> Have you ever felt like that, discouraged? Because whatever you're dealing with lasts a long time. And maybe a long time for you is a week. And maybe a long time for you is a month. And maybe a long time for you is a year or years or decades. Each of us are facing trials and situations that are unique and different for each of us. So don't compare your life to anybody else's. That's one of the first things we need to talk about. But whatever trial you have been facing, No matter how long it seems to end, there are some things that you can do to keep going. Now, your challenges may be an illness for yourself or those you love. It may be mental health challenges. It may be physical diseases like cancer or cystic fibrosis or COVID. (laughs) It may even be neurological disorders like autism, which affects my family, Parkinson's, or maybe even a stroke. So the question really is, what do you do when you or someone you love is dealing with one of these life-changing illnesses or challenges that lasts a really, really long time? How do you cling to hope? What can you do to keep going? And today I'm going to share with you an awesome story from the Bible that deals with this very, very situation. And it is the story with the woman with the issue of blood. And it's found in the New Testament in three different places, but we're going to, I'm going to share with you today the one that's in Mark chapter five. And this can be found in verses 25 through 34. And I quote, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years, that's a long time, and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. I love that simple story. For us, it takes a few verses, but for this woman, this disease had been ongoing for 12 years. And I think there's three things that we can pull out of it that we can apply to our lives today. The first is to research for solutions with faith. Now, this is a critical one. It talks about the woman. Um, going and and seeking help from physicians. She was talking to experts in her day in her field. And she tried, you know, she talked to them, she worked with them. And so I think some of the keys to researching solutions with faith is first talk to God. Dear God, here's the solution I or a family member is dealing with. Help me to figure out what I should do. Talk to experts is the second thing. Um, and then keep your ears open. This woman here, she was 12 years into this disease, and she finally heard of Jesus. And she was so excited when she heard of Jesus because she heard that he was a great teacher and a great healer. Um, According to William Barclay's commentary, the Talmud gave at least 11 possible cures for this woman's ailment, but she was also desperate, which can be a good thing because desperation keeps complacency and self-pity away it means you're trying um and then i'm going to quote from Real william barclay when she heard people speak of the power of christ she believed and began to hope again for an ultimate cure if she could just get to him she had been hiding for so long that she felt she couldn't just go up and talk to him she was embarrassed and needed as private a cure as she could get so she devised a plan if she could just touch his clothing for a second She pushed her way through the crowd, a crowd that could turn on her if they realized she was that woman, the one with the issue of blood, but she pushed through anyway. She was desperate and got to touch his garment, and instantly the blood was stopped, and she felt perfectly well, but she couldn't remain anonymous as she wanted. Her feeling of triumph gave way to fear and trembling. What would he do to her? She fell down at his feet and humbly explained what she had done. And his response wasn't anger. It was delight at her extreme faith. And I love that. Um, I love that hearing of Jesus, even after 12 years, gave her the hope to try again. And that leads us to our second thing. Once you research something, you need to start acting. Because researching and reading about something isn't enough. You need to start acting on those things. Act on ideas, act on thoughts, impressions, act on research that you're doing. One of the things that I'd like to point out is God often gives us answers line upon line, an idea here, an idea there. Um, And he'll give us baby steps to solve little problems, perhaps within the big problem. So take one step at a time. Don't feel overwhelmed. If you research, and you find 20 things to do. Kind of whittle it down and say, I'm going to try this one first. That's how the woman did it. That's how most people do things. Because often we do get overwhelmed when we get like a list of fifty things that we need to do. Let's just start with one, and then we'll try something else, and try something else. And that's another key to this: action is don't give up when the first thing or the second thing or the fiftieth thing doesn't work. The key is to keep trying because solutions do come um, when you face obstacles like the woman did. Keep moving through them. Um, She suffered through years of suffering. She was ostracized by her family or friends just because in the Jewish um, community back then, if you had an issue of blood, you were unclean. And so that's why she was ostracized and couldn't be part of the uh, Jewish community publicly. Um, Don't be afraid of, she had to overcome her fear of the crowd. A being amidst these people, and then she also had to face her obstacle of um, the fear of confessing and telling the Savior, "It was me that touched your garment." Um, so you're going to have obstacles, just as this woman had obstacles. Don't let those things hold you back. Keep trying. Keep acting. Keep moving forward. So we have the first two things that we've talked about, which are researching for solutions with faith acting on ideas. And the third thing is trust the savior can heal you in his own time and in his own way. So this third one is probably the trickiest because it requires patience on our part. And we often want instant solutions. We are in a day of instant everything, right? (laughs) You know, you Google something, you have the answer right away. And unfortunately, healing isn't like that. Sometimes it takes many years and many layers of research to finally find the solution or many, many years of prayers to find the solution. Um, one of the my thoughts for you as you are trying to be patient is to talk to God and ask him to tell you if there's anything you can or should be doing while you're waiting. Because maybe you're waiting for him to present the solution, and he's waiting for you to take some little action. And so keep that conversation with God going. Talk to him. Is there something I can be doing? Is there anything more? And remember to pray asking for baby steps of miracles, always while adding, thy will be done. Because sometimes we want, we pray for that ginormous miracle. And maybe we need to break it down a little bit. Um, Let me give you an example from my own life as, as something here that you can compare it to. When Nathan was first diagnosed with autism, I knew that God could heal him. And I prayed that the autism would be taken away, which of course it wasn't. Um, and so I started researching little things that maybe we could figure out how to help, for example, his sound sensitivity. Um, and so we, we researched things. We found a program. We, we did this music therapy thing that he listened to. And it did help with the sound sensitivity a little bit. But that's just one tiny aspect of autism. Another tiny aspect of autism was the sleep that kiddos with on the autism spectrum just don't sleep really really well <laughs> and um, and so my husband and I worked and worked and tried to figure out solutions to this. unfortunately, the internet wasn't as prevalent as it is now and so the solutions had to come either in books or by commiserating with our fellow parents who had children with autism and and so, um, I kind of had to go through things the hard way there. Unfortunately, my husband and I tried so long on our own to uh, tackle this obstacle of the kids not sleeping well for years until we finally were just so, so tired we went to an expert. And I wish we would have gone to an expert sooner. So as part of your research, yeah, it's good to talk to friends, but sometimes it's good to also talk to experts, (laughs) And that's one of the things I wish that I would have done sooner. As soon as we talked to an expert, he taught us about melatonin, which was a lifesaver for us. Um, There are some people who have to take other medications for helping their children sleep with autism, but we were blessed that melatonin happened to be one of ours. And this is way back before melatonin became like a huge thing that you could just buy over the counter. You could only find melatonin at very specific places. Um, back then. And this is like before Amazon was available too. So, you know, we had to go and actually buy it at a store. Um, So that is something that I wish we would have acted on, that we would have talked to an expert sooner. But that was only one piece of our puzzle. Another piece of our puzzle came as our uh, parent center in the area we were living in Texas offered a training on how to make social stories. And um so I went to this training it was several days of training and and they taught us how to build these little stories to teach your children how to do something. And for us, it was how to sleep through the night. And so I wrote this little book and put little pictures in it and printed it off, and we would read it every single night. And the end concept of the book, or the social story that we we had for Nathan, was that he would stay in his bed until his clock said six. And um, so we were acting on it. We were reading in this book, and there were nights. <laughs> That were so hard still because I would go in when he woke up at two in the morning and we had little blankets under his bed because it happened so often that we were often sleeping on his floor, um, just trying to keep him in the room so he doesn't wake the whole house up. And we were trying not to reward him for waking up early. We weren't just going to give him his iPad or his iPod, but we had to be tough. It was a little bit of tough love. No, you've got to stay in your room until your clock says six, you've got to do it. and there was a lot of screaming nights, um, and it was really, really hard. But um, we persisted. We we persisted through these nights and long, long nights of obstacles until he finally learned. I'm going to stay in here until my clock says six. My parents aren't going to let me out early, no matter what. <laughs> There are days we had to tag team. I'm so tired. I've got to get some sleep. Your turn to sleep with them or lay with them for an hour. And, um, and so you can see we had to research. We had to involve experts. We had to uh, get some more knowledge ourselves and make a little book. And then the hardest part was acting on it and teaching him. And I will tell you, he's now 22. And I haven't had to go in at four in the morning for probably over 10 years. Because he just stays in his bed. He knows he has to stay in his bed. Um, and so even though autism isn't cured, this little piece of autism that makes life so challenging is fixed and helping. And God helped us get through that. So that third part is trusting that the Savior can help you and heal you in his own time and in his own way. And he has blessed us to find things that help Nathan um, sleep better at night. And, um, and and those have come in little tiny baby steps. So don't, God doesn't often give us those big solutions all at once. He knew that I could probably only process one thing at a time. First, it was the melatonin, then it was the social stories, then it was the implementation of all of that. But finally, we got the solution we wanted. Another thing that I want to mention before I conclude is that often with Christ, trusting that healing will come eventually, that third step is that sometimes the hope and healing that we will receive or that someone we love will receive won't be until the next life. And keeping that in perspective, I know that someday when Nathan is resurrected and has a beautiful and perfect body, thanks to Jesus Christ, that I will have a conversation with him and he will be able to talk to me and answer me. I know that autism won't be a barrier for our communication any longer. And so is it hard while we're we're in this life when so many people I can communicate verbally? Absolutely. But have we learned to get through little bit by little bit? Yes, we have. And so sometimes some things he gives us little bits of healing along the way. And we just have to trust him and be patient with that. But we also have to keep in mind that God sees things from an eternal perspective. And that in his mind, the healing will happen always for each of us. He will heal us physically. He will heal us emotionally. In the next life, we will have that perfected, glorified body. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful to know that. Is it hard sometimes wishing that I had it now? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it is hard, but I have to hold and cling to that hope that the help and the healing and that perfect help I may not have in this life or Nathan might not have in this life. But I can wait for the next life. And the good news is that the next life is forever. We will live like that forever. There will be no more death. There will be no more disease. We will live as, as a perfected person forever. And so I can hold on till that. I can live for a small space of time here on earth and have a wonderful, beautiful son who has challenges with autism. Because I know It's temporary. And I know that I'll have a perfected Nathan forever, and I'll be able to talk to him, and we won't have these obstacles anymore. And so I look forward to that with faith. In conclusion, the woman with the issue of blood researched the solutions to her problem. She acted on the thoughts and impressions she had, and she trusted that God would heal her in his own time and way. From her story, we can learn that sometimes. It takes time and patience, persistence, and a lot, a lot of faith to carry on daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly as we struggle through these long-lasting challenges. We also learn that we can fall at the feet of the Savior and tell him everything and that he is always listening and that he can help us, and we learn that help and healing comes in different ways, and to trust that God will heal us and those we love eventually. Religious leader Dennis B. Schwander spoke about how the woman in this account acted in faith to come to the Savior. Quote, among the crowd was a woman. Outwardly, there was little to distinguish her from any other person in the crowd. No one tried to stop her from moving toward Jesus. Certainly the apostles neither noticed her nor made any attempt to stop her, but there was something that set her apart from all others in the crowd that day. Though buried among the thronging mass, she resolutely and quietly pressed forward with a single purpose in mind, to come to the Savior, having faith that he had the power to heal her that he cared about her and was respond to her need. In this one thing, she set herself apart from the crowd. The crowd came to see, but the woman came to be healed. All of us are among the crowds of this world. Almost all of us are like the woman who despite the crowd comes to the savior. We all have faith that just a touch will bring healing to our aching souls and relief to our innermost needs. In all of life's circumstances, let us quietly and resolutely press forward to the Savior, having faith that he cares about us and has the power to heal and save us, end quote. So, going back to my initial question, have you felt discouraged like you wanted to give up because whatever trial you have been facing has been so long and so hard and it just never seems to end? Have you felt like you've been trying so very hard to find the solution to your problem, but you just can't seem to figure it out? Remember the lessons from the story of the woman with the issue of blood and take action on one of the following items today. First, research and find solutions with faith. Include God in your research. He will guide you. Second, act on those ideas, thoughts, and impressions. Take baby steps of action. Don't give up when the first or the second or the third doesn't produce the result that you want. Keep going. Keep acting. Keep trying. Push through your obstacles. Search for the Savior and for your healing. And third, trust that the savior can and will heal in his own time and way. He may not heal the autism or the huge problem, but he may present little tiny baby steps of solutions along the way. Don't discount those as the miracles that they truly are. Maybe like me, you'll find the solution to a child sleeping through the night. Maybe you'll find a solution as you care for an aging parent. Maybe you'll find the solution to help someone who's struggling with Parkinson's disease. Maybe you'll find a little baby solution to someone struggling with cancer and have the faith to take that next step. I know that Jesus Christ lives and that as we search for him through the crowds and, and through the challenges of our lives, that as we reach out and touch him, he is always there to provide help, healing and comfort. Hope on my friends. Hi, this is Tamara K. Anderson and I want to share something special with you. When our son Nathan was diagnosed with autism, I felt like the life we had expected for him was ripped away and with it, my own heart shattered as well. It's very common for families to feel anger pain, confusion, and anxiety when a child is diagnosed. This is where my book, Normal For Me, comes into play. It shares my story of learning to replace my pain with acceptance, peace, joy, and hope. Normal For Me has helped change many lives and I'd like to give this book to as many families as possible. we put together something I think is really special. My friends and listeners can order copies of my book at a significantly discounted price, and we will send them to families who have just had a child diagnosed with autism or another special needs diagnosis. We will put your name inside the cover so they will know someone out there loves them and wants to help. I will also sign each copy. You can order as little as one or as many as hundreds to be shared with others. So go to my website, TamaraKAnderson.com, and visit the store section for more information and to place your order. You can bless the lives of many families by sending them hope, love, and peace. Check it out today at TamaraKAnderson.com and help me spread hope to the world. Hey. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of powerful stories of hope. I know there are many of you out there who are going through a hard time, and I hope you found useful things that you can apply to your own life in today's podcast. If you would like to access the show notes of today's show, please visit my website, storiesofhopepodcast.com. May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help you bear the burden. And above all else, remember God loves you.